Greetings once again, everyone, and welcome to The Spirit Side. I'm Paul James Caden, and today on the show, we are going to be talking about Alex Jones and Glenn Beck, the godfathers of the truther movement. And uh, this was a show, after I put uh, Monday's podcast out, entitled COVID Vaccines and Mask Mandates, Are They Part of an Agenda? Uh, I really thought about this, that I probably should have made mention of it in that show. Uh, The two TV media personalities, Alex Jones and Glenn Beck, that really started this snowball rolling down the hill and I debated maybe doing another show this week which here I am doing but I was really encouraged by the overwhelming response to Monday's show people sharing their thoughts their concerns their spiritual concerns over this division we have through this uh, truther and woke community that believes everything we're being told is a lie. So things have been really busy, as I said in Monday's show, but I really wanted to uh, carve out a little time to do this episode, a secondary show this week, because I think it's important. And, you know, we have to talk about Alex Jones and Glenn Beck. And, you know, also uh, a lot of the folks at Fox News, um, There was Bill O'Reilly, Sean Hannity, you know, a lot of those folks that were kind of, uh, kind of in the shadow, you know, the the up and coming, maybe, uh, you know, second in command under the Alex Joneses and the, the Glenn Becks. But, you know, a lot of people probably don't even remember or put the pieces together how I talked about in Monday's show that a lot of this truther community uh, came out of the old satanic panic of the 1980s and through the 1990s where You know, the fundamentalist Christian groups are always looking for the end of the world and looking for the Antichrist everywhere. You know, Satan was in our music, he was in our movies, he was in our books. Uh, You know, he was in Washington, he was in Hollywood, he, he was everywhere. You could seldom do anything or go anywhere outside of uh, the church that was not influenced by Satan in some way to get you off the path of faith, make you lose your salvation, and, you know, inevitably land you in hell when you died. And we talked about how a lot of people leaving this movement were lost and wondering for a while, but then they began to form their own religious opinions. And a lot of them were still quite apocalyptic. You know, you would meet some of these people, you know, out in public or, you know, a lot of them on the internet, and they said they renounced organized religion and uh, the televangelists and evangelicalism and fundamentalism, but they were still very much 
uh, espousing a lot of the doctrines, a lot of the beliefs, a lot of the things that they were taught in those movements. And little by little, we got these fringe groups who started uh, looking for the devil in a different aspect than they were looking for him in the satanic panic, you know, playing records backwards and, you know, saying that Kiss and Led Zeppelin and the Beatles and all these rock bands had satanic messages playing backwards on their records. You know, there was all kind of crazy things that they did. And so we had a number of these people that, you know, started getting into some of the conspiracy theories, especially about 9-11 and some of the others that are out there, and asking questions. And they still kind of married to the idea that, well, the government's crooked, the government is no good. And then it started to carry over into this notion, well, yes, there are a bunch of uh, Satanists and Freemasons in the government and in Hollywood and, you know, all, you know, all, all the places that they claimed were demonically infested during the Satanic Panic, the new breed of Christian who left all of that and started searching for their own answers, their own truth, the new place that they would fit in. They kind of flipped that a little bit and started talking about, well, uh, it may not necessarily be uh, demonically infested the way they said it was in the satanic panic of the 1980s and the 1990s, but yes, it's still satanic. You know, these people belong to uh, secret societies, they're Satan worshippers, they're, they're witches, they, they brought that notion with them. And I'm not saying that that's completely untrue, uh, because there are people, you know, in government and Hollywood and entertainment and high places who have some very bizarre beliefs about themselves, about who and what God is, and about the world that we live in. But then on top of all of this came the advent of Alex Jones and Glenn Beck. And these were individuals who came into our living rooms uh, just about every weeknight. I, I think Glenn Beck was on Monday through Friday at one point. I I watched him for a little while because my father was really into him at the time. And, uh, I, you know, my wife and I heard several people say, oh, my God, you got to watch Glenn Beck. Do you watch Glenn Beck? You know, he's, he's so amazing. And he was saying all this stuff about the government and George Soros and Barack Obama and how everything was so orchestrated to bring us into a form of socialism here in America. Now, again, I don't deny that that uh, is untrue, and I don't deny that there are people who want uh, pretty, you know, the globalist government, you know, a global form of socialism with the few in charge of everything. But there were also some other things that were... Um, kind of strange and i heard you know these individuals 
much like today's QAnon and, you know, other conspiracy uh, theorists who make predictions of what's going to happen. And, you know, you better be careful. You better be prepared. And I heard Glenn Beck especially say things. I think it was in the, the summer of 2009 or 2000, 2010, somewhere uh, in that ballpark, where he was saying by the fall or the winter of that year, a Hershey's candy bar was going to cost you $7.50 or, or something uh, of this nature because of the plan that you know the elitists had that the socialists had that Obama and his cohorts had and all of these prices were going to go up like a loaf of bread was going to cost something like you know close to $20 and you know everything was going to be so skyrocketed that you wouldn't even be able to buy groceries and Glenn Beck being a Mormon he's talking about storing up you know at least 2 years worth of food in case of these emergencies you know he has his uh, you know, his food storage area in his home. And, you know, I, I saw these things, these dates that Glenn Beck mentioned. And there were quite a few. I don't remember them all. I remember the, the major price hike that, that was supposed to happen. Uh, I remember a couple of times he talked about um, in the springtime, I mean, uh, you know, a lot of these uh, kind of folks always seem to like the month of April. And I recall him saying one time, you know, by April of, you know, next year, you know, we're going to have this, you know, national uh, ID, you know, and it's going to turn into a global ID and it's going to turn into the chip, you know, and all this type of thing. I remember him talking about that and those dates came and went and they didn't happen. I remember Glenn Beck and Alex Jones, you know, sounding the alarm that the Obama administration was getting ready to launch this mass campaign where they were going to start going door to door, you know, the police and the military and collecting guns from the private citizens. You know, the days of being able to own uh, firearms was over. You know, they were going to come and, and start collecting them door to door and you wouldn't be able to buy them anymore. So again, these dates, these seasons came and went, and eventually uh, these people fell out of popularity, fell out of favor. You don't hear as much about them anymore. Uh, but one of the other things that I did notice about Glenn Beck and Alex Jones, and what made me stop and say, you know, I'm just not going to watch this anymore because... I think it's part truth of what's going on behind the scenes with some of these people, but it's also a lot of bunk and a lot of fear tactics. And I told my wife, I said, you know, I've seen several things now that he said was going to happen and they didn't happen. And he really put out a lot of fear about this. You know, those people that tuned into Glenn Beck and Alex Jones and they would hear these kinds of predictions, 
you know, they were all, oh my God, you know, they were, they were really, uh, braced and waiting, you know, for that, uh, you know, that crap storm to come, you know, whatever it was going to be. But I also told my wife, I said, you know, not only did I see, see them, uh, talk about these things that never happened, but it also strikes me as being very much like watching the televangelists. You know, of course, Glenn Beck and Alex Jones brought a lot of mention of God and Jesus and the Bible and the Book of Mormon and being a believer and, you know, all of this type of thing. You know, they would make allusions to the end time. I remember one time uh, Glenn Beck did a, a whole uh, series on his show I think when he was on uh, Fox News, I think he was on uh, for a while. He did a whole week's show on the Tower of Babel and what the the modern-day Tower of Babel is and what it would become. And, you know, I told my wife, I said, I, I feel like the old days of sitting watching the televangelists. You know, it's religion mixed with fear, mixed with... You know, the end of days, oh, you better be careful, better make sure you're saved, better make sure you have Jesus in your life. You know, now it's, you know, better make better make sure you have guns, better make sure you have Jesus and God, and better make sure you have food stored up, and, uh, you know, whatever else they were telling you to do to prepare. And uh, just as I was getting ready to stop watching Glenn Beck, I, I was really taken back when he had this big meeting in Washington, or it was some kind of big rally. I don't remember what it was called. And uh, my jaw just really hit the ground. I remember looking looking at my wife and saying, "Oh my God, are are, are you kidding me with this?" <laughs> you know, because. He not only began to sound more and more like a televangelist, but at his his meeting, his uh, whatever it was he held in Washington, D.C., I, I believe it, it was, he had many well-known televangelists up there uh, preaching and speaking with him. I know there was John Hagee among some of the others. And uh, I said, there you go. You know, it seems like he's... It almost seems like he's paving his way to be a part of that or to become one of them. Like, you know, maybe in a year's time we'll see Glenn Beck on the Trinity Broadcasting Network with his own end time show. <laughs> you know, it just, uh, it was really bizarre, you know, and, and my feelings about it were uh, were absolutely correct. So that was enough of it for me. But in the meantime, I say all that to point out the fact that this really was the match that lit the fuse, especially in America. Now those people that came out of organized religion, those people that came out of the fundamentalist evangelical communities, those people that had become disenchanted with all of that, these people that were seeking uh, their own answers, their own truth. And the many of them that were starting to dabble in some of these conspiracy theories about uh, 9-11 and, you know, certain, um, you know, other things that happened 
that were said to be uh, government cover-ups or conspiracies. Now this was the match that really lit the fuse. And little by little, that fire of conspiracy, and it's funny, I was going to say really, uh, really became ablaze, and I'm just now remembering that <laughs> Glenn Beck has a, a show called The Blaze. <laughs> you know, coincidence? You know, maybe not. But uh, it, it really did uh, ignite this whole thing and really sent sent it spiraling out of control. And and it was so strange to see that over the last I would say 10, 12 years, 13 years as all of this really grew in popularity and the truth movement became so big it used to be and I've talked about this in a lot of my shows before that the evangelical community influenced a lot of churches and influenced the beliefs of a lot of people even if they weren't you know evangelicals they could have been you know methodists or catholics or baptists or you know any other denomination but they were so the churches some churches many of them and many individuals were influenced by the evangelicals especially through the popularity of the televangelists that were so very popular at one time and again we're talking about the td jakes the kenneth copeland the pat robertsons the john hagees you know, uh, all, all of those guys that were the big money names, Benny Hinn, Jack Van Impe, Hal Lindsey. Now, you know, I personally don't think that Jack Van Impe and Hal Lindsey were, uh, you know, the, the worst guys in the world. I think they sincerely believed uh, what they preached and, you know, tried to do the best job they could, even though there were, you know, a lot of predictions there that, you know, and Bible interpretations that, you know, just didn't really jive and it didn't really work out the way that they said that it would or thought that it would, but that's neither here nor there. But the point being that, um, you know, the evangelicals really influenced a lot of people through these popular televangelists. But now it was very interesting because the evangelicals were not really influenced by anybody. I mean, they were pretty much an island unto themselves. You know, we believe what we believe. We teach the, you know, unadulterated, you know, word of God straight from the Bible, literally. You know, so they, they weren't much interested in hearing what anybody else had to say. But the really interesting thing was is that the truther community, as it got so big, after that match really lit the fuse with Glenn Beck and Alex Jones and Bill O'Reilly and a lot of the Fox News people that would talk about these kinds of things, Everything just really took off, and as it got so big, we started to see 
and now see very much so how the evangelical community and churches are so very influenced by the truther community. Because now it seemed that that satanic panic that they had, you know, during, you know, kind of the 1970s and, you know, in, in the 80s and, you know, part of the 90s uh, was really being validated, but in a different way. It became like the continuation of the satanic panic only being that, oh, now, you know, we understand, you know, that everybody in Washington, you know, all of the politicians are, you know, Satan worshipers, witches, and pedophiles, you know, they're sacrificing and eating babies in the basement of the White House and in their secret bunkers. And, you know, they're doing the same thing in Hollywood, and all these people are connected. It's this web of satanic witches and Freemasons and, you know, secret societies. And, oh, they've been pulling the strings, you know, for forever, since the Garden of Eden. You know, this this is uh, Satan's baby, Satan's plan, since the Garden of Eden. And his minions are carrying it out. Uh, very successfully through all of the deception of the elites. And so everything else just really started to fall into place with this philosophy and these ideas. And again, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not denying that some of these things don't happen, that there aren't some really weird things that people in politics and uh, Hollywood and the en en entertainment industry, you know, do, especially when people have money and power and influence, uh, it can get really, uh, really strange with people. But I think a lot of this has really blown itself out of control, blown itself out of proportion because I mean, let's let's look at the influencers that started the truther movement. It started with the evangelicals and the satanic panic, and you know the the end of days. And these people made a lot of claims that were you know absolutely absolutely preposterous. You know, they predicted the end of the world. You know, this person was the Antichrist. That person was the Antichrist. Those people are satanic. Those people sold their soul to the devil. This one, that, you know. And they were wrong on so many accounts that we, we can't even tally it all up. How many times they said it was the end of the world? How many times they said Jesus is returning? How many times they said the rapture is coming? How many times they accused people? Oh, the writer of that book is, you know, a witch and a Satanist. Oh, that rock group is a bunch of witches and Satanists trying to pervert our children and, you know, all the backwards things on the records if you play them backwards. And they were accusing people. Case in point, I was just reading an article uh, probably about a week ago how Jimmy Page, the 
uh, guitarist from Led Zeppelin. Now, yes, he did, you know, dabble quite heavily in the occult back in the day. Uh, he was very interested in, you know, Eastern, uh, you know, mysticism and, you know, occult. But there was uh, a Christian magazine that wrote an article that said, yes, you know, the drummer of Led Zeppelin, John Bonham, he, when he died, you know, he drank too much. He, you know, threw up, he, you know, choked on his own vomit in his sleep and, you know, uh, died. But they also wrote that, yes, this is true that John Bonham, you know, uh, choked on his own vomit and, and died in his sleep. But while this was happen happening, Jimmy Page was standing over him doing a satanic ritual. So, you know, they, they, they pulled the weirdest things out of the air. Um, just to frighten people, it seemed. And, you know, if they really did believe these things, I don't know what their sources were. You know what they had? You know, I'm sure, you know, people know the rock band Kiss. Well, they, they were satanic, knights and saint in service. Uh, you know, some of them were real lunkheads in that band. Uh, you know, I, I had a little bit of a personal association uh, with some people that were uh, in Kiss. And uh, some of them were really nice Christian and Catholic people. Uh, and others were just... Uh, control freaks and egotists, uh, but they were not satanic or Satanists uh, in any way, shape, or form. Uh, the same with Iron Maiden. Oh, look at those guys. You know, they're satanic. Well, they're not. They just write songs about a lot of different myths and religions and ideas, including ones that are written in the Bible. They're actually uh, a group of guys that have been always very curious about the spiritual and what happens when you die. What is the meaning of life? What you know? They they're very uh, inquisitive uh, individuals, especially when they were young. But they were not satanic. They were not witches. So just a couple examples being thrown out there of how these people would just say things and point and accuse and claim and, you know, it all just fell flat as being untrue. And, you know, evangelical fundamentalist Christianity was the womb that gave birth to the truther community. The people who came out of that womb still carried with them, even though they said they renounced all of that and they were deceived by the religion. They were disenchanted. They were lied to. And, you know, they'd had enough of this kind of religion. But yet they carried a lot of the doctrine, doctrines with them, a lot of the beliefs. And they also carried with them a lot of the same kind of attitudes. So when they started dabbling in these conspiracy theories, you know, they were already conditioned to start making claims and, you know, predictions about what was going to happen, you know, in the government, to America, in the world, you know, that, that were unsubstantiated and that never happened. You know, so they were conditioned for that sort of thing. And then comes along someone like Glenn Beck, 
Alex Jones, you know, all of those individuals and start really, uh, again, you know, individuals who are somehow very influenced themselves by all of this being, you know, conservative Republican Christians. And the whole thing just really blows up. And, and interestingly, you know, that all of that, that the womb evangelical Christianity that all this came out of suddenly reflected back onto itself and they the two of them became commingled. And this is why we had so many uh, Christians and evangelicals who were really chasing after QAnon and the predictions about Donald Trump and what Donald Trump was supposed to do, who he was supposed to be, and the Trump of God and saving America and you know, getting rid of all the bad guys across the world and setting us free, you know, and, you know, starting the, you know, a whole new world, you know, that was uh, pretty much a, a godly theocracy type of thing, uh, I, I guess, that uh, started in America and maybe, you know, spread abroad. But that's why they did it, because these were a lot of people that were conditioned for that sort of thing. Because religion to them just wasn't peace and love and communing with God. Loving your neighbor. You know, religion to them, they were indoctrinated and programmed for so many years. Always look for the end of the world. Always look for the devil. Always look for the problem. Always look for the bad thing that's going to happen, that the devil is going to do. I always said in a lot of evangelical Christianity, it seemed the devil was given a lot more credit and a lot more power than even God himself. I mean, the devil was everywhere. And we, we you know, if we, if we just looked in the wrong direction and whistled, you know, the devil and his demons were right there to take us down you know but to get get god to even lift a little finger to help us you know we had to pray and fast and cry and stand in faith and confess the word and you know all these things you had to go through you know and it still might take you right up to zero hour man it looks like you're going down with the ship before god finally swoops in and does something at the last minute, but whew, wow, he finally came through, but the devil was there 24-7. But that's how we were conditioned to think. So coming out of that womb, this is what religion was to these individuals. Always keep looking for the wrong. Always keep looking for the bad. Always keep looking for the demonic. Always keep looking for the end of the world. Always keep looking for the deep, dark, demonic. And it really carried over into the truther, woke community. Because that's pretty much what they do. They're, they're always looking for the agenda of, you know, the satanic pedophiles in Washington and in places of power, you know, that's going to lower the boom on all of us one way or another. And I've always asked the question, you know, if, if we believe in God, if we believe in Christ, if we believe in afterlife, 
and this world isn't all there is. It's not our real home, as the Bible says. We're, you know, uh, strangers, uh, you know, journeying through this world, and it's not our real home. What are we so worried about what the evil people might do in the end? Even if they succeed for a little while and end up taking a lot of us out <laughs> before, you know, things get better. What are we so worried about? We're supposed to know where our real home is. We're supposed to know where it is we're going in the end. So why are we so worried? Why are we so convinced we need to stock up on all this food? And there's nothing wrong with having a little supply of food. If things go wonky, I'm definitely for that. You know, but why do we think we need to have all this, these things stored up and we have to have all these guns and join militias and join groups and get ready to go out there and just blow the bad guy away if he comes to take away our guns or our Bibles or our, our whatever? I mean, is that what Jesus told us to do? No, not, not really. But see, that's what coming out of that fundamentalist evangelical womb conditioned people for. And I'm not putting people down saying, what a bunch of idiots. No, but, you know, if you're... If you're beat over the head with that type of thing over and over and over and over for years and years and years, you don't know anything better. I've tried to talk to these people about, you know, f simple faith and the love of God and just being at peace. And, oh, boy, you're deceived. You don't know. They're, they're going to be coming for us. And, oh, you're going to take the mark. Oh, they're going to kill you. You're not going to survive. Let them. I'm not going to join them. They want to shoot me, cut my head off, throw me off a cliff. Have at it, bro. <laughs> you know, I'm really, I'm really not worried about sticking around in this world if that's what it's going to become, a war-torn zone, you know, this group against that group in the end anyway. I mean, that's just my personal opinion. You know, and even if we do end up standing and fighting, you know, in the end for something, I'm still not going to be afraid to die. It is what it is. I don't think we need to spend so much time worrying about it and always looking for the bad. You know, that old saying, you know, energy flows where attention goes. Uh, you know, be careful what you focus on. Didn't Jesus say, with what measure you meet, it shall be measured back to you? Maybe we shouldn't be focusing on all this bad stuff all the time. But we've been trained in the evangelical camps that that's what we needed to do. That was faith. That was being vigilant. That was being a good watchman on the wall. That was being ready for the return of Christ. That was studying to show ourselves approved by always looking for the end and what the bad guys were doing. And so the people that came out of that, they didn't know anything else. As I said in Monday's show, they, they started looking for the devil under 
different rocks, a little bit of a different angle. And, oh, you know, these uh, conspiracy theories about 9-11 and, you know, other things that I won't mention on the show because some platforms, uh, you know, don't want you to mention these things. But you get the picture. That's where they found their devil. That's where they found their bad guy. That's where, where they found their new enemy. And then, you know, we had the fringe groups that started springing up, talking about these things, making videos on places like YouTube, and, you know, then started doing some, you know, podcasts later on and starting blogs. And then again came Glenn Beck, Alex Jones, and company. And uh, really threw buckets of gasoline on that fire. And... uh it burned far out of control, and here we are. Here we are with over half the country, well, just about half the country in America, and it's affected other countries as well. I know in the UK, I know in Australia, you know, we're not the only ones. We we have people that are former evangelical Christians, never really trusted the government. But now look, they're chasing after politicians, they're chasing after faceless political prophets like QAnon, they're chasing after people like Donald Trump, they're chasing after people, you know, political parties. They're wanting to form militias. They're ready. They're, they're ready to kill. I mean, people want to deny the January sixth thing, but look what was happening there: all the crosses, all the Jesus signs, and yet they were erecting a gallows on the Capitol grounds to hang Mike Pence, telling one cop, "You're going to die on your knees. Get his own, get his own gun, or get his gun. Kill him with his own gun." A lot of these people were Christians, folks. And we can sit there and try to make believe that none of this is happening, none of it happened. Oh, you know, that was, you know, that was somebody else, that was in our group. But I think we need to open our eyes and realize it is our group. And you listen to some of the rhetoric of these people, you listen to Look at some of the actions of these people. And this is what it's become. This is the fire that has been started. And the godfathers of the woke truther movement, they they really put in motion a religious political nightmare rather than helping anything. And many of them are becoming what they always said the enemy would become. Now, I'm not going to get into all of that, but, you know, I think we need to open our eyes and see that this movement is not the wonderful, godly, you know, uh, jam-packed with truth movement that we think it is because it is not. 
And it's not surprising that it's not when you look at the sources that it came from. The evangelical fundamentalist community, satanic panic, accusations and false prophecies. And then on the other end, to bookshelf it in, television personalities, the media. People like Glenn Beck, people like Alex Jones. I mean, do we really think these people would be on TV if some big executive somewhere didn't say, well, hey, we think this is going to draw a crowd. There's already a following for this. People are already looking into these conspiracy theories. People are already distrusting the government. We stand to make a mint and have the ratings go through the roof if we grab up a Glenn Beck and throw him on at 4 o'clock every day. And you know what? They did. And these people made just as many accusations and false prophecies as the evangelical movement that birthed those who eventually became many of the truthers. But now many evangelicals are truthers also. So the whole thing really boomeranged. But if you look at the sources of where all of this came from and how it started, it's not surprising. It's not surprising that it's turned into what it's turned into. False prophecies, false accusations, misinformation, division, Hatred, accusing our brother. Because isn't that what the religion we came out of did? We left it because we got tired of the two-faced hypocrites judging everybody, trying to scare everybody into accepting their doctrine, but now look what we're doing. Judging everybody, trying to scare everybody into accepting what we now believe. It's become the monster that it hated and resented the most. And the sad thing about it is that there's still people that will listen to this show and the last show and just go along YouTube and, you know, hit their little thumbs down or, you know, make some snarky comment. Because either they can't see or they don't want to see. But this show and the last one is as much truth and honest perspective and history on this movement that you're ever going to get anywhere. Now, I don't claim, I always say, I don't claim to be the smartest guy in the world. But you know what? I'm 54 years old. I lived through, you know... The 70s, I lived through the 80s, I lived through the 90s, and I've seen a few movements begin. And I've seen exactly where they came from, just like I did the, the podcast um, years back, and, and, and I think it's still on YouTube, talking about you know this whole idea of the holidays. Oh, those holidays, they're pagan, they're, they're, they're evil. I saw exactly when that started in Protestant Christianity, and I know exactly where it came from. I was there. I saw it. I witnessed it. 
And now it's something that's everywhere, and people don't even know the spurious sources. And the very spurious, once upon a time frowned upon religious sources that all of that stemmed from. I saw it. I saw when it was birthed in the evangelical community, and it, sp- it spread through Protestant Christianity. And I also saw and remember exactly how this truther woke community began. With the people leaving these religions, being lost, dejected, afraid, they didn't know where to go, they second-guessed themselves, are they going to hell? They left the religion. And then what they started dabbling in on the internet, all these conspiracy theories, and all these conspiracy theories with the Christian bent. And then little by little, it starts to gain popularity, and Shazam, the good old um, news media, capitalizes on it by giving us wonderful personalities like Glenn Beck, Alex Jones, Bill O'Reilly, Sean Hannity, Brett Baer, you know, all these guys that, you know, talk about these things. And you don't think that they didn't know it was popular? I mean, come on. But folks, that's my roundup on this conversation. Once again, I hope you got something out of it today, and um, I hope it'll make you think. I really appreciate you listening. Stay safe, stay well, stay in the light, and I'll talk to you next time here on The Spirit Side.